And that's why I believe in you because that is the greatest purpose. It's to love. Honest. It's to, it sounds corny. Whatever you want to say, I don't care. I love people because there is freedom and power in loving people. Hello, all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, where we have the crazy belief that creating success and happiness is a daily conscious effort, which is why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week. I'm your host, Brandon Beecham, and each and every Wednesday, you can tune in to hear me interview a different consciousness changemaker that is out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness all across Spaceship Earth. On the other four weekdays, you can tune in to myself and my co-host, Dalian, giving interpretations of our favorite thought-provoking quotes, sharing a bit of inspiring or mysterious news, taking questions from the audience, and digging into any other mind-expansive topics that will help keep your soul fed by tuning you in to positive vibrations on a regular basis. Also, today's episode is sponsored by Procabulary.org. Procabulary offers a brilliant new online language course that I just recently completed myself called Core Language Upgrade. The course material is designed to help you analyze the way you use your words and language to create your reality. I personally believe the words you choose to speak or write out is referred to as spelling for a very good reason. You're literally casting an energetic spell every time you open your mouth, which means it's of the utmost importance that you have a foundational understanding about the power or lack of power that the words you're choosing to use conjures up. I strongly believe language mastery is a highly important skill set that way too few people have taken it upon themselves to become educated on. And what Procabulary does is actually provides you with an incredibly easy-to-follow roadmap that only takes about 10 minutes a day spanned over 21 days to complete, which shows you how to go about changing your language patterns so that you can start getting better results in every aspect of your life. Now, as a Positive Head Podcast listener, if you decide to go to Procabulary.org and purchase the Core Language Upgrade course, you'll get 33% off if you use the promo code POSITIVEHEAD, all one word, on the checkout page. The retail price for Core Language Upgrade is normally $299, and I'd say it's really worth every penny of that, but it's especially worth it after your 33% positive head discount because it drops the price to $199. That's a crazy good deal that I had to do some serious convincing to get the guys at Procabulary to give to our listeners, so I really hope some of you will take advantage of it while it lasts. Also, if you need more convincing about the power of Procabulary, Check out Positive Head Podcast number 20, where I actually interview Procabulary co-founder Mark England, and we discuss language mastery in great detail. All right, Dalian, glad to be back for another episode of the Positive Head Podcast. Hello, sir. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hi there. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's going on, man? What's what's the latest and greatest? Uh, I saw this morning there was a... Uh, announcement regarding uh, the gravitational stuff you reported on the other day. Uh-huh, yeah, there's been an official announcement, Brenny. Yes, it's it's Drum happened. Drum roll, please. 
<laughs> Good. We're very low tech around uh, yeah. here, guys. Sorry. Uh, I, I think I'm going to leave that in and not replace it with any sound effects because that's, you know, got a lot more charm, right? Well, yeah, Wink. I guess that's one way to look at it. <laughs> right. That's the way I choose to look at it. Um, I'm, but, I'm optimistic, uh, man. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, plus our, they already had their drum roll, I guess, at the uh, wherever they made the announcement. But uh, no, it's cool because it's the thing that um, everyone is saying, like uh, they, they're putting on their headlines about this, is this theory or this announcement proves Einstein right. So that's what um, I guess the main thing about it is, is that Einstein had predicted gravitational waves, Brandon. And it's essentially um, what you see when you when they show you a depiction of um, Einstein's theory regarding gravitation, essentially, where they will show you a, um, it's usually represented like a light grid, right? Mm-hmm. Where it'll be like a just a regular square grid, and then there will be like a body, like a sphere, representing Sitting a planet, in, right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly that's like lying on the grid, yep. and it deforms it as it you know as it exerts it warps its it, yeah. mass, right? Its weight on it, right? So the warping of space time is what Einstein, of course, famously predicted, and and that um, this was the means through which gravity exerted its force, right? So that's what. Um, you know, the mystery about gravity that I was essentially referring to is that Einstein had predicted this, but it had never been observed. Yeah. So now they observed it. And what um, I also thought was cool is that supposedly they used their laser array, the uh-huh. LIGO that I was talking about, yep. to detect the collision of two black holes, Brendan. So that's how... Oh, really? This, yeah. I guess it was the collision of two black holes that ended up sending a shockwave ripple that registered for them as a blip, as, as like a rising tone that became like a blip, like a oh wow, ding, like a I note. didn't realize it was actually that a was how note. the testing methodology that they had used. That's that's wild. <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> the thing that I just saw it was uh, you know reading a little bit about it and it, it was saying you know the implications. Well, first it's like you know the biggest discovery, if one of the biggest discoveries uh, in a century, yes. uh, and uh, that it can lead to understanding much more. Um, give us much more insight into the origins of the universe. It can give us much more insight into black holes and what's going on there and possibly even into other, uh, you know, parallel physical uh, realities or dimensions, right? Yeah. So Yeah, so it is exciting. And uh, it's just, um, even though it's not our main story of the day, for sure we felt it was worth... Um, Worth a mention you know, follow to follow up, up on. Yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, super exciting. The world is a fascinating place and ever-changing. What else do you got that's going to blow my hair back? Yeah, that's right. Might as well, huh? Since I already <laughs> sort of mentioned uh, the fact that there is a story there. What I have, Brandon, is an article that's just fascinating that I wanted to um, just do a few select quotes from. But it's from EWAO.com, um, published a couple of days ago. Uh-huh. But it's all about uh, conscious cellular awareness or the fact that our body has, you know, of course, an intelligence that I don't think that's um, so surprising for people here anymore, right? That the body has its own intelligence. But it's one that's like very high, of course, and uh, one that we can tap into is ultimately the gist of this article. You can find it on their site, Um by going to EWAO.com forward slash A slash unleash your conscious cellular cellular awareness. Okay. And uh, it just quotes a bunch of research that's been done over the last few years. Um, of course, uh, as I was reading it, um, when I got a part of the way down, I was thinking, yeah, this resonates a lot with um, what Dr. Bruce Lipton says always, right? Ah. Future guest. Exactly. And and definitely someone that I'm very much happy that you're, you'll have a conversation with because he's very got some very interesting research and things to say about all this. Yeah, yeah. That should be coming in April. I'm 
definitely someone I've wanted to have on as an interview since the inception of this podcast. So, uh-huh. yeah. So let me real quick, uh, quickly here, read you some of the uh, authors that are quoted uh, throughout the article. For example, each of your cells are aware and respond directly to your intentions. A fantastic book on the subject of cellular awareness is written by Carol Truman, Feeling Buried, Alive, Never Die. I I guess that's the name of the book. In this book written in the 1980s, she describes the emotional and mental awareness of the mind-body connection and gives fantastic insight and steps to follow to create physical change in the body. So, you know, it quotes authors from, you know, like... This lady, of course, you know, who, who wrote a book as far back as the 80s, right, on the subject. Um, but uh, there's been, you know, all kinds of people. For example, uh, researcher Cleve Baxter, who spent 36 years studying biocommunication in plants, animals, and human cells. Um, the results of his studies show how cells powerfully respond to the emotions of our thoughts. They mentioned Dr. Emoto's water experiment from What yeah. the Bleep, right? And that would have a lot to do with our physiology, right? Since we're made up of water to a large percentage, right? Sure. It's just something that seems more and more obvious now. So, uh, like I was saying, they sure enough mentioned Dr. Bruce Lipton eventually in their article, right? And it's really cool because they mentioned his book, Biology of Belief, and the fact that uh, essentially the message of the book is, as you, as you um, will get into more depth with him, but it's the fact that DNA is not this thing that's just written in stone, that everyone thinks, oh, it's in your DNA, your genes, right? Right. Which pass down traits to you that are supposedly never changing. Um, no, it's DNA response to stimuli from the environment. Yeah. So it's susceptible very much to reprogramming itself and cells have this capacity. So that's something that's ultimately really pretty radically different from what uh, they're teaching out there. Sure. And uh, yeah, so ultimately that that is the message uh, overall. I mean, you know, they mention all these people and uh, even there's a quote here, in ancient Indian texts written in the language of Sanskrit, there are countless references to our connection with a powerful and universal energy that is molded by consciousness and molds the experience in our human, of our human condition. Inner awareness of this field of energy can be focused through our awareness of it, and powerful healing can take place with our intention to manifest it into our physical experience. While in the theta state, the mind is capable of deep and profound learning, healing, and growth, it is the brainwave where our minds can connect to the divine and manifest changes in the material world. They, um, this is based on research that's been done as well, and of course, you know, we know now that the theta state is, you know, a brainwave that you're brain produces it's got alpha beta gamma all all of them but one that this one in particular is connected to that you know most profound state of divine connection and profound healing right deep meditation and things like that so you know this article is really i recommend it because it just goes into more depth about all this but there's just so much out there yeah and there's there's a lot of uh you know, conversation. I don't know if it touches on it. You know, the the concept of being able to communicate with yourselves. Yes, absolutely, definitely. And, and so, you know, think about it that you're made up of all these uh, sort of microorganisms. You're you're a composite being essentially, uh, and the, each of these, all the 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 small you know cells and so forth that make you up are have their own intelligence and their own consciousness and their own awareness. I, I know I have heard stories of people you know, on plant medicine, like ayahuasca, having the experience of like full-blown communication experience, you know, of the, the, their cellular, at the cellular level. And 
that's a fascinating conversation. Like how often do we sit down and talk to ourselves <laughs> mm-hmm. and start opening that line of communication? Uh, pretty, pretty fascinating. Yes. There's one thing that you and I do that I think really speaks to this power. And it's the fact that you and I, um, you know, it feel like really great for, for our age and lifestyle. And, you know, of course we feel, you know, pretty energetic and everything. We, you know, I think that we can both say that we can, we could be in top shape, but we're still like feeling really, really great. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. You, you I, practice well, I yoga. say I don't believe in getting sick, and I can right. yeah, I can't that's say I've at. never been sick. That would be a lie. But the amount of times I've been sick are so few and far between, and I just continue to give energy to that. And of course, my genes are responding. But we'll go into that, I guess, in great detail with Doctor Lipton. So uh, stay tuned uh, for that one. Let's see here. What else we got? So yeah, I'd like to switch gears here and talk a little bit about reacting uh, again. I know we touched on it uh, last week, responding versus reacting, but it's something that it comes up over and over, I think, for all of us. So being that this show is all about, uh, you know, uh, repetition and uh, making sure it's a daily, you know, uh, realizing rather that it's a daily conscious effort to keep your mind in perspective on the right things. Um, I had a little bit what prompted this was a little bit of a back and forth that I had with someone on the Positive Head Facebook page yesterday evening. And what happened is there was a quote um, that uh, I posted actually, and it was, uh, God has no religion. And uh, it was uh, accredited to Gandhi. And then someone responded that, you know, (laughs) this guy uh, responded that, oh, he didn't say that quote, you know, that'd be great if he had said that. And I was like, oh, well, Thanks for pointing it out. At least, you know, at least uh, it's a great quote. (laughs) And then the guy's like, I'm, you know, I'm glad that you can feel positive about propagating, you know, untruths and kind of, so it turned into this whole thing and ended up being, you know, resolving it. It, I I never let it get ugly, but um, it just led me to really thinking about this. And, and this individual was very, you know, it was like looking, it's, it's, we all know, and it's so prevalent on the internet, people looking for a reason to be offended. And uh, so, you know, the, the problem with this is, is of course, whatever you're focusing on, you're attracting more of, everything's vibrational. So if you're agitated, you're going to attract more things that are agitated. And, you know, a quote that I really love, and of course, everything that you're you're seeing is a reflection, right? And so a quote I love is uh, by uh, Rumi, which is, if you are irritated by every rub, how will your mirror be polished? <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, suffering occurs when your ideas about how things ought to be don't match how they really are. And uh, that's Brad Warner. So those are a couple quotes that I uh, have come across that I really, really like in regards to this matter. And so it's just something that uh, I I believe we all need to be very, very conscious of is, you know, you could spend all day, every day being offended and judging and, uh, you know, being and what's what's happening in that moment. You're out of alignment. You're instantly unplugged from source. You're instantly playing in a pool, uh, a vibrational pool of, um, you know, unhappiness essentially. And it just, it's one of those things. And like I said, it's such a, it's a daily conscious effort for me, for sure, not to allow myself to, uh, to get that way. And I think it's a great perspective when you start looking at it as 
it's actually an indicator for you whenever you're something like that is happening and you get ir- irritated or you're reacting to something. Um, it's an indicator that you're out of alignment. So it's actually doing you a favor showing you this. And um, what I'd like to do, actually, there's a really great talk by Abraham uh, Hicks that I found online. And uh, take a listen to this and let's hear what Abraham has to say about this matter. And are you refreshed? Yes. Good. Now what? You've been talking to each other, haven't you? (laughs) On the aisle here. Thank you. I just want to say... Um, what a wonderful world I live in now. (laughs) I was introduced to a book by Esther three years ago, and since then I've had so much fun. Um, uh, As I get more comfortable in the higher vibrations, I find I have less tolerance <laughs> for the negative vibrations. And so hmm. some of the things I'm still reacting to, hmm. I want to try to learn to react instead of reacting to react more with unconditional love. And I'm but, very uh, happy to report that I'm doing good because now I recognize when I do things that are not from unconditional love. Let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. Because if you have been practicing higher frequencies, you have, and so law of attraction is responding to those higher frequencies, then more and more and more of your world is reflecting the good feeling, yes? (laughs) Yes. So you're saying that then contrast is more stark for you, that in other words... So you're saying that the high frequencies are yielding you more wonderful experiences. Yes. But when you slip out of them, you crash and burn in a stronger no, way? No, I just notice them more. It's like things that used to feel very comfortable to me, like yelling at people in traffic, <laughs> don't feel comfortable to me anymore. And I find myself doing that. I'll be like, Shh, hang up your phone and drive. And I go, oh, that didn't come from a place of unconditional love, did it? <laughs> And so I'm, I, I feel like I've, you know, I feel like I'm, yay, but, but, I can recognize it at least. But the question that we have for you, and this speaks to what we are saying about getting your vibration out there ahead of you, could you have rendezvoused with an experience <laughs> that makes you shout like that? Where were you when that happened vibrationally? That's really the question that we're asking. Yeah, I was, I was, I should have prepaid. So isn't it nice? So, it, but isn't it nice when the experience happens that lets you know yes. where your frequency is? In other words, don't you like your, your you were already lighted up on that board, and something that annoyed you couldn't have come to you if you were not. Now you were not, maybe you weren't annoyed about that particular subject, but there was a vibration of annoyance going on within you. Probably other people who aren't doing what you think they should do, maybe not even in traffic. There was an active vibration within you that caused you to rendezvous with that, and then your subsequent knee-jerk reaction. So, So here's the big question that we have for you. Are you saying to us that 
you want to stop momentum at that point. In other words, so follow through with us because we know for sure that prior to the rendezvous was something that you didn't want to see or something that made you angry. You were already pulsing there vibrationally, otherwise it couldn't have come. So the momentum was already underway. So you, are you saying to us, it is a manifestation point that I wish to stop the momentum? This is so good. It's at the manifestation point that I wish to stop the momentum. I'm going to use more willpower. I'm going to use more restraint. So and I have to the stop manifest- the momentum before I leave the you house. You want to get out ahead of the vibration. You okay. want to get out ahead of the manifestation. You want, you, you want to, and each day you try it, your world will unfold and it will keep showing you, it will show you again and again what your sticking points are, what your stalling out <laughs> points are, what your knee-jerk reaction points are until before long, you see, we started to say before long the universe will cooperate with you but it already is. It's cooperating with the vibration that you got going all the time. And it's so easy to have the cooperative universe yielding to you exactly what you've got going on vibrationally and then you yell at them. I know. Yes, I do. (laughs) But the reason you're yelling at them is because you don't feel good. And you're pinning it on something they're doing. But it was there before they did what they were doing. So to get out ahead of it, I'm just doing my my meditation and my pre-painting. Go in general, make lists of positive aspects. Get your vibration where you want it to be. Get out ahead on it. Ahead of it. Sometimes it means you've got to get up before you get up. Oh, that won't work. <laughs> Sometimes it means you, you, it might mean you want to set your tone before you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. It might mean that you want to lie in bed a little while and, and establish it before you get up. It might mean that you want to uh, be a better selective sifter through the day. There's all kinds of things that you can do. But we, and what you're doing is just fine. We just want to explain to you what comes first. Okay. I appreciate that. Thank and you. we thought it was the most wonderful discussion ever about not trying to stop the momentum at, at the manifestation point. Start the momentum. In fact, we don't even want you to stop momentum at all. Because when you decide that you're not going to think about that thing you're thinking about, you're thinking about it. And momentum is underway. There's a war against all kinds of things that are unwanted in an effort to obliterate them and they just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. You cannot push against unwanted without lighting your board and becoming having more ac- personal access to it. So what you want to do is start the momentum about what you're wanting. But what's interesting with most of you, you have these big things that you want that you're sort of kind of maybe a little bit, maybe sort of kind of willing to think about a little bit more. But the things that aren't high-stake issues for you in other words, it, you, you maybe don't feel like cleaning up the traffic patterns around you, but you could. Right. You maybe, you maybe really don't. Esther was driving, and Esther is an interesting driver because she's a sensitive driver. And when she's on the open road, she is a speed demon. When she is in traffic, she is very sensitive to everything that's going on around. And so she just sort of goes with the flow. And sometimes people who are riding with her are not are wondering why she doesn't just sort of step on it and get up there right behind it. But it's because she can sort of feel what's going on. And so she's just picking the best place to have the best possible experience. Could she go faster? Maybe. Could she fill in that gap before somebody else? Probably so. But it's not about that. Your movement through life is not about reacting to what others are doing. It's about you setting the tone and controlling the traffic 
patterns around yourself. Right. The traffic patterns, the vibrational patterns, the conversational patterns. It's about controlling right. the patterns around you because you are dominating the vibration. It's about getting out ahead of it rather than being a react and a reactionary by offer of vibration. Be a centered offer and let you see, because whatever vibration is dominant, meaning not contradicted, is the domin is the vibration dominant's a really good word, is the vibration that is going to set the tone for the cluster that is moving with you. Right. And I've been practicing on the big things, so I just need to learn to practice on the smaller things now that I'm sort there of. There are no it big in. or small things. There are only things because <laughs> important the, because things. There there are there may be things that are more important to you than others, but in terms of your ability to accomplish them, it is as easy for you to create a castle as a button. Right. The process is the same. Just got to focus on it without contradiction, and the universal forces will bring it about for you. Period. Always. Ever. Thank you. Yeah. Further back? Further back? Further over? You're the one? His finger points at so many at the same time. And sometimes it's pointing right through you. Thank you. Yeah, so I found that uh, on Z Mahoon's YouTube page. And that's Abraham Hicks reacting to others. And man, there's so much good information there. And, you know, <laughs> the woman talked about, of course, dealing and yelling at people in traffic. And that's a very, very common one. So many people get out of alignment on the road. But what's fascinating about this is, you know, you are actually just rendezvousing, rendezvousing with the vibration that you've been emanating prior to the experience. So I think this is such a huge, huge point here. So how many of us are like trying not to be annoyed in the moment when, when we're, we're reacting? Well, that's already like, that's just the effect not the cause, right? The cause happened maybe two hours earlier when you were dwelling on something negative, something negative, you know, you were, you were resonating with the vibration of that negative experience prior to it manifesting. So what, you know, Abraham talks about here, get out ahead of the vibration, not at the point of manifestation. And that is, that is huge. When you think about it, you look, the universe is always, you know, as she said, the universe is always cooperating with the vibration you have going, and then you're yelling at someone else, <laughs> you're doing it because you don't feel good. And you didn't feel good prior to the experience. The experience is just an excuse to kind of like, uh, it's just a, it's, it's the effect, right? It's just, here's a reflection of the vibration you're, uh, you're resonating with. And so when you can start thinking of it in that way, and it's not, you know, instead of uh, dealing with it at the point of the event, realizing that that's that's you know you're way down the road and you you really what you want to do is set the tone prior and she of course she talks touches on some great techniques and we've touched on these techniques some of them before set your tone before you get out of bed i think that's a great one you know as you're laying there before you, you when you first open your eyes don't just jump out of bed and get busy you know sit there and actually set your vibrational tone for the day make it a conscious effort to do that you know of course meditation making lists i i heard her refer to making list of all the things that you're appreciative of or grateful for or excited about you know positive energy you're setting the vibrational tone and so 
you know, of course, she mentions you can't push against what you don't want. Instead, start the momentum of what you do want. And that's really what this is about, setting that tone uh, consciously. Uh, And, and of course, I also love uh, how she kind of ends it daily. And she says that, you know, there are no big or small things. Castles are as easy to create as a button. (laughs) It's just about vibration. And, uh, yeah, so I, I really, really think this is an important, important piece, um, you know, this this indicator, uh, the, the experience that's happening is just uh, there was already a vibration of annoyance in you. And this is just an excuse to to more fully explore the vibration you're already playing in. Yeah. Yeah. I think Abraham has been <clears throat> really great at giving us words and um, images that um, paint a picture of how we, you know, use energy on a regular basis and how we play with energy all the time, how we really become victims to our own subconscious or unconscious negative energy if we let it be that way. But I think that uh, a lot of us are searching for, you know, inner peace that can be the basis for a new way of being, right? Where we can consciously emanate these uh, waves of, you know, well-being where we realize that we don't need to react to things. That's why things like meditation, Brandon, are so, you know, I just see the value in that tremendously. And then when someone like, you know, Dr. Evan Alexander, they're like, oh, yeah, meditate like three hours every day. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that sounds like a pretty intense practice. But I can see why after his experience, he would think, you know, see the huge value in that. Setting the vibrational tone. Yeah. Yeah. Setting the, you know, and and one other thing that she touched on um, is, you know, life is about not reacting at all. Of course, it's about setting the tone and controlling uh, and trying to control the situation in a good way setting the dominant vibration with the people that are around you. And I can think of examples in my own, uh, not even that distant past where I was, you know, having something quote unquote negative that's happening to me. I'm trying to, you know, voice that and express that to someone who's very much, uh, you know, on the same path. And you it become very aware that they're not taking the bait, so to speak. They're, they're aware that you're setting a, a, a vibrational tone that is not one that they want to uh, participate in. And so it's just almost like a, a, a positive annoying, uh, uh, ignoring of someone who's setting a, vi- uh, a negative vibrational tone. And instead, it's like, you know, there's no need to get mad or react like, oh, this person's being negative. Now I'm mad at them. Well, what good did that do? Now you're negative and they've set the v- dominant tone. Instead, understand have compassion that they're out of alignment and you know when you see it from the 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 highest perspective that's really you know you should feel feel you know um not feel bad for them but you should you know empathize with them and um and and then be aware what's happening and, and then consciously set the vibrational tone in a different way become you know the dominant uh vibration and and i think I believe the more that you do that, the, the better you'll get at it. The better you get at it, the stronger your vibration gets. And it's going to be hard to resist the good vibes that you bring to a situation. Yeah, that's really well said, Brandon, because that whole uh, concept is one that um, I resonate with a lot. And the idea that you really want to in your life, but uh, of course, in every interaction with other human beings that you find yourself in, you want to try and really take charge, not in an ego kind of way of like, oh, you know, let me just dominate the conversation more in that energy way of like, I am in control of my energy and I know that I want to feel good. I want to feel connected. I want to, you know, And I want to help this person by setting such a beautiful, uh, you know, mood (laughs) with the vibration in the room. Maybe I can lift them out of what they're in. Uh, I certainly am not going to go in with them and increase the collective uh, 
vibration. And right. So yeah, it's uh, it's all about uh, asserting yourself in that way because when you assert yourself with your energy in that way, you really are saying to the universe, "I get it, and I get how this whole thing works." So I want to go ahead and declare consciously, and yep. that's what you know. In my way, asserting yourself, which implies saying yes, right? Yeah, is is the whole um, concept because that's also to me um, asserting yourself in a positive way that doesn't really necessarily have to do with the ego, and then your ego can serve you because that I think that's what it's ultimately that's I think that's how it's meant to be integrated. You know, a lot of a lot of us think that being very positive means maybe somehow being very sort of ethereal and perhaps non-reactive, like you're kind of aloof or floating above everyday life. Right. Or someone who's maybe just sort of a little passive, you know, because you don't want to react, you know, or yeah. make too many ripples, right? Like right. too many waves. But I think that you can let your ego be naturally subservient to this more in- attuned or in tune way of being where you're, um, you know, asserting yourself in that sort of calm way where you're saying, I know my center and I'm not going to let anything external really throw me off. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everyone. I'd like to welcome Christopher Ponzi back to the show. It's been, uh, what, a month or so since you've come on, Chris, and shared a positive pondering breakdown. So we're happy to have you back, sir. Thank you so much. Apologize for the hiatus. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully you've got something really good to make up for your lack of uh, wisdom sharing here on the show. Well, well, I hope so. I hope so. Let's see what you got. Okay. I'll begin with the quote. We have come to know man as he really is. After all, man is that being who invented the gas chambers of Auschwitz. However, he is also that being who entered those gas chambers upright with the Lord's Prayer or the Shema Israel on his lips. And that is a quote by Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. And normally I do a little poem, but instead for this one, I decided to do a poetic question. Cool. And the poetic question really facilitated me reading this book and writing this post was, those that have seen the soils of man so stained with his brutal filth still believe beautiful things may grow from it. Are they still hopeful? loving, peaceful, and spiritual? Do they still love their brothers while their brothers beat them? This piece of writing is first and foremost my pleading invitation to please read Viktor Frankl's influential book, Man's Search for Meaning. It is the short but deeply profound memoir of psychiatrist Viktor Frankl's description of life, the Nazi death camps, and its lessons for spiritual survival. It's a game changer, and no doubt many readers and listeners here already know it. Why did I seek to read this book? In truth, it literally stood there on a friend's shelf staring at me when I least suspected, gently nudged forward by the universe. At least that's how I see it. I see it that way because I was in desperate need of knowing someone's thoughts about the meaning of life, love, spirituality, compassion, and positivity who had suffered firsthand the absolute worst by human hands. I wanted to know after surviving such a grotesque experience, what do you believe in now? For a while... I had begun unfairly judging others and myself, in particular those of us talking conscious and spiritual in our new age culture, and yet I couldn't help but observe how many of us were from privileged backgrounds, often mostly white, educated, or at the very least we weren't forced to flee war-torn countries, being massacred, slowly starved, or ejected from our homes. We speak of universal love on wild nights while wearing expensive clothing, snorting, inhaling, and sipping our substances. I do it myself. 
knowing some of those substances cause great sufferings in distant places for people whom I've never met or bothered to be aware of. I couldn't help but think, how easy is it to speak of peace and love and universal brotherhood with such a comparatively easy and privileged life? For many of us here in the developed world, no matter our momentary mental state, or even when our pockets are porous, we have shelter, food, water, and people aren't actively trying to rape, kill, or torture us. It is not so with many, too many in the rest of our world. How could I be, how could we be, peaceful loving warriors and warriors for loving peace? The battle was far, far away and the dying done by others. Were my convictions untested by truth? So I needed to know. Do those that have seen the soils of man so stained with his brutal filth still believe beautiful things may grow from it? Are they still hopeful, loving, peaceful, and spiritual? Do they still love their brothers even while their brothers beat them? Thanks to Mr. Frankel's book, I now believe more than ever that the answer is yes. I'm aware that reading someone else's account is not the same as experiencing it for myself, though I have witnessed and experienced happiness within conditions of great despair. But reading the unspeakable atrocities of the death camps and Frankel's analysis of the human spirit through it all touched me deeply, as it has many others. I found comfort and truth in his belief that man's purpose is to find meaning within and without oneself to a higher good, and how he saw firsthand that without purpose we perish, but with it we can endure seemingly unendurable tragedies and keep hope alive. He who has a why to live for can endure any how, he says, quoting Nietzsche. He goes on, It does not really matter what we expected from life, rather what life expected from us. We needed to stop asking about the meaning of life and instead to think of ourselves as those who are being questioned by life, daily and hourly. Often we speak of constructing our own reality. That creative life flows through us as great architects of perception. I feel this to be true, but I also now feel called to the belief that life is questioning us in our unique way, and that we are each moment answering it in the way we feel most consciously called to do so. Frankel is explicit that we can discover the meaning in life through three different ways. In the creation of work or deed, by experiencing something or encountering someone, and by that attitude we take towards unavoidable suffering. I will say that I was deeply moved by Frankel's accounts of fellow prisoners suffering and going to their dooms with noble dignity, and then enduring those final moments in such a way gave life meaning to them and others around them. I had never thought of it that way, that we can create meaning in life by the way we confront the bastardization of life and death. Before finishing the book, I needed to know what the pursuit of a positive head wasn't just the luxury of the inviolate, that universal brotherhood wasn't simply a belief for those free from brotherly brutality. While I am still on that quest of learning, Frankel's book helped me see that positivity, when directed outside a purpose greater than ourselves, is a nourishing life elixir, not simply a mantra perspective shift that helps us fulfill our desires. But why is this so? And here too he has an answer. And it is an answer that I and many of us agree with. I leave you with this last revelation from Frankel, which he discovered while walking in a Nazi death camp labor party on a bitter cold day, on the brink of starvation and death, suddenly remember his wife's image. He who was also in she who was also in a death camp. He didn't know if she was dead or alive. He says this. Then I grasp the meaning of the greatest secret that human poetry and human thought and belief have to impart. The salvation of man is through love and in love. I understand how a man who has nothing left in this world still may know bliss, beat only for a brief moment in the contemplation of his beloved. In a position of utter desolation, when man cannot express himself in positive action, when his only achievement may consist in enduring his sufferings in the right way, 
an honorable way. In such a position, man can, through loving contemplation of the image he carries of his beloved, achieve fulfillment. For the first time in my life, I was able to understand the meaning of the words, the angels are lost in perpetual contemplation of an infinite glory. Love. Very powerful, Chris. Thank you so much for sharing. It's uh, it's very timely. I don't know. Did you listen to the last podcast uh, or daily podcast a few days ago? No, I didn't. Yeah, it's uh, what's the meaning of life? <laughs> mm. <laughs> so uh, a great synchronicity there. And, you know, of course, you're bringing up something always the the deep thinker uh, that you are and, and really trying to get to the heart of everything. And I, I applaud that and appreciate that even when it comes to questioning what we're doing here. And, and is it just, you know, the uh, relishing of white privilege or, you know, kind of as you put it, and that's something that I think a lot of people probably contemplate and really struggle with is like looking at all the suffering that is in the world and saying, yeah, well, that's easy for you to say because you're not dealing with X, Y, or Z. Right. And uh, I, I certainly understand that perspective. Um, I can't say that I've lived in a Nazi death camp or been through the atrocities that billions of humans have experienced in this life, at least, you know, but um, I, I, I personally believe that we live many lives and, of course, there's no amount of sacrifice or doing without that will help someone else. You know, I think it was Wayne Dyer who said something to that effect. You, you know, by by having less for yourself, you help no one. By choosing mm-hmm. less abundance or less creating, uh, you know, uh, positive experiences, it doesn't help a single soul. Right. <laughs> and uh, and I think that's a very important thing to consider the more light that we can bring, you know, of course to our immediate circle and to ourselves, and then just make it our mission to spread it in help. You know, for me personally, I, my whole aim is to try and not just talk to other people living in privilege about, um, you know, all this sort of uh, spiritual stuff or positive mentality stuff, but to continue to find ways to expand and reach more people and to help more people because certainly going without or suffering it myself wouldn't do no one any good. And, um, you know, and you have so many questions that about, you know, the ultimate nature of reality. And I think it's why it rings so true to me the the fact that, um, you know, I, I think of, sorry, I'm jumping around a little bit, but something just popped into my head. I, I'm, I met a guy at a lightning in a bottle festival, which I believe you, were you at lightning in a bottle festival in 2015? Yeah. Yeah, I was there. Okay. Yeah. I thought you, I thought you were, I couldn't remember. I know I saw you at some, um, <laughs> and I met a guy at lightning in a bottle and I can't remember his name, but we had a, the most fascinating conversation. He was talking about, he had a, a complete recollection of a past life being tortured it had just recently happened to him where he was tortured and actually having his entrails pulled out for his beliefs. Oh, yeah. And it was like, he said it was this ultra vivid experience of, you know, this past life and his death and his brutal, awful death. And he said he was instantly like, uh, went from that life directly into this one. And he had that, that is like, I had this whole, you know, kind of, flash of seeing how I died and then jumped from there to here essentially and here he was at a at a festival with lots of people with money and abundance and success and happiness and 
if there's truth to that, and I, I can't say that there is or there isn't, I, I do believe we've all done it all. So, you know, and if we're all connected in one, that was me in that death camp uh, at, to some degree or another, an extension of self or, you know, in, in, in a more direct extension of self in a, in a former life where, like this guy, he went through these awful experiences so that he could find meaning in the smallest way. You know, he was probably, if that was a true story and that was not more than just some hallucination and that's something that, you know, was as vivid and, and authentic as he seemed to believe it was in his recounting of it. Um, then, you know, here's a guy who, you know, he probably laying there on that table had some vision or mm-hmm. moment of clarity that brought made brought so much meaning to his life. You know, I think of uh, think of my my brother. Uh, he went many years ago, fifteen years or so ago. He had an unpaid ticket. He forgot to pay, and then he got pulled over years afterwards, and they arrested him for it. And he went to jail for a few days over it. Oh, man. And I remember picking him up and uh, <laughs> bringing him home at like two in the morning after he'd been in jail for five days. And he's a very sensitive kind of person anyway. And he said, you know, for him, the hardest part about it wasn't being locked up. It was all the energy that was around him, this negative energy. And, mm. and he still to this day, will talk about the best meal he ever had was the hot pocket I cooked for him at two in the morning, you know, wow. coming home. And so that doesn't compare to a Nazi concentration camp, but it gives you the perspective as to why beans would choose hardship to to you know the sweet's never quite as sweet without the sour and just because someone else is in the part experiencing the part of all that is that's more sour than maybe i am at this moment or you are doesn't in any way in my opinion you know um invalidate you know the the more positive experience that we're having but no not at all and and i think though it is it is a crucial thing in in you know, avenue to question. And I so like appreciate you bringing this topic forward. You know, at first you were like, before we started recording, you were like, I don't know if this is too heavy. And it's no, <laughs> it's not. It's perfect. I, I really, really uh, love this, that you brought this uh, onto the show because it's something that I think many people, it crosses their mind when, you know, when they approach this, this subject and, and so forth. Yeah, and I and I don't mean to impart guilt upon anyone or myself, and I agree with you hundred percent. I think it's uh for those of us who think deeply or or have been in maybe act more activist circles, this is something that comes up a lot, I think, internally for yeah. people and and to sort of you know, and I was as as I mentioned, I was having those questions and so I, I think that it validates not that we need to have those ex, you know, horrible experiences. I mean, ideally we're trying to create a world where those experiences don't happen. Right. Um, you know, but to say that, you know, there have been those who are the you know, most insightful and intelligent of us that have been through these, you know, basically the worst that worst can offer and have still found, you know, essential nourishment in a positive mentality uh, of yeah. meaning and purpose, you know, and that has kept and that has kept them alive during those things, right. those experiences. So I think it just gives validity to those who are you know, needing that deeper, that deeper essence for their, for their sort of positive construction. So, and I, and I definitely recommend Man's Search for Meaning. It's a very small book, but I think anybody who's having questions like that, uh, is a quick read, but a deep one. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, there was, I can't remember, and maybe it's the same author, um, 
And I can't remember. It's been many years since I heard about it, but it was uh, someone who had talked, given talks or written a book about their experience in uh, concentration camps. And he talked about, he made it his job to, he made it his entertainment to find the beauty in everything that he could, could, you know, he was like seeking for it, uh, radically looking for, you know, beauty. And he would find beauty in the, you know, he, his meal was a, a bowl of, you know, water with a fish head in it and finding mm-hmm. the beauty in that fish head soup, you know, right, in a right. concentration camp and, and right. getting lost in the beauty of it. Right. And uh, what That's, a powerful right. uh, opportunity, right, in disguise, in a horrible disguise. And I think that's the most important thing to kind of take away when we look at some of these atrocities that, you know, have happened in the past and continue to happen around the planet. And and anything that we can do to free those that, you know, I, I have to believe that those that are, are really resonating with a high vibration, regardless of what's happening, will find uh, reflections of that uh, sooner or later in their reality, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, but, uh, well, thank Chris, thank you so much, as always, for, for bringing such a important topic forward. I can always count on you to go, go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, as always, for having me on and, and allowing me to go there. Uh, anytime, my friend. Talk soon. Talk soon. Well, another awesome experience making a Positive Head podcast, Alien, but uh, uh, for now, we are running out of imaginary time. So we'll leave you with some beautiful music. Some musical tastings that you picked that are uh, quite tasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we play a lot of like, you know, electronic-based music. So this is a little more uh, rootsy. Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Man on Fire. Awesome. And before we check out the musical tastings for today, I would like to add, this podcast is definitely a labor of love for Dalian and I. But make no mistake, it takes a lot of time, energy, and resources to produce five episodes each and every week for you, our listeners. So if you enjoy the Positive Head podcast, it would be stellar and much appreciated if you showed us your support at positivehead.com by picking up one of our unique Positive Head bracelets. Of course, you would most certainly be helping yourself in the process because it functions as much more than just another stylish accessory. And if you haven't ever seen one, they're really cool, simple little bracelets with our Flower of Life Sacred Geometry inspired logo. They're actually made out of recycled tires and metal, so our intention is, of course, to do something positive by giving new life to previously discarded goods, and as far as their functionality goes, they act as a daily reminder to help you focus on the positive aspects of your daily life. The concept was actually inspired by studies that you can read about on our our website, but besides that, many people believe just wearing something with sacred geometry is empowering in and of itself, uh, which you can also read about on our site. And of course, as the Buddha once famously said, what you think you become. So we believe having something on your wrist that reminds you to keep a positive head, the same way a Fitbit reminds you to keep active, makes a whole lot of sense. Of course, we charge way less than Fitbit for helping you to manage your mental health because we let you name your price for your positive head bracelet. 
The reason we do that is because our heartfelt intention is to spread the positivity at all costs, first and foremost. That is our primary aim. And we don't ever want money to stand in the way of somebody wearing one. So if money is super tight and you want to pay as low as our cost to get one, no problem. On the flip side, if you love our podcast and just hit the lotto and want to show us your support by paying a million dollars for one, well, that won't hurt our feelings much either, I assure you. If you have enjoyed this positive download, please take a minute, give us a rating or review on iTunes, since iTunes is the holy grail of all things podcasting. Uh, Your good reviews help us to reach more listeners. Also, we would be extremely appreciative if you would tell your friends and family about the show. Our sincere intent with the Positive Head podcast is to spread positivity to the world because, well, because we're selfish, quite honestly. Uh, I say that jokingly, but really only halfway joking. I'm referring to the good kind of selfish based on the knowing that we all get what we give in this life because when we give, we're actually always giving to extensions of self since we're all really one in the same consciousness, just in different bodies. So if you want to be a good selfish along with us by helping to spread the positivity, by all means, please proceed to shout about the Positive Head podcast from your rooftop. (laughs) Otherwise, As you continue on your fabulous journey in this 3D reality, be sure to remember this. As long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone, and thank you for being. I'm a man on fire Walking through your street With one guitar Two dancing feet Only one desire That's left in me On the whole damn world To come dance with me
See our bodies burning like old big suns. 